0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Dummer, your host, and today I'm here with Eastern U.S. Sales Manager Kevin Zimba and Director of Genetic Development David Kendall to chat about the December 2023 genetic evaluation for ST Genetics' colored breed lineup. Thank you both for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Laura. Pleasure to be here.
0: To start out, David, there was quite a bit of change happening within different indexes and traits, most notably with JPI and the Jersey breed. Can you give us a brief rundown on what these changes were?
2: I think the first thing I want to say, Laura, is my hat's off. I think both Kevin and I are hats off to the American Jersey, U.S. Jersey. This, The changes that they put in were some of the most significant and well thought out changes I've, we've ever seen for anybody, any breed, as for an index. They drop size out, which was a, a, always been a major problem um, for jerseys. How do you make a small jersey, large jersey, size jersey? They just drop that out and really are focusing on making sound, functional, productive cows that have the potential to last for a long time. You know, it's, they did some very interesting things on their um, JUI where they have three maximum values for foreudder rear rear utter height and rear utter width and if you get too much rear utter height and width and you get too much too strong a utter those can be actually detrimental to an animal as well and they've recognized that and they've they've stopped giving you extra credit for that and then for utter cleft utter depth tet placement tet length uh, they've made those all two-way traits with intermediate options, which is just phenomenal. That's a lot of data to put as a two-way trait. On JUI itself, there's more emphasis on production. They're really focusing on the fertility traits. I'm really jacked because they put an 8% emphasis on cow conception rate and 7% emphasis on DPR, which is an interesting flip that you know, if people who know me will understand that that i really think that that's valuable for a high producing animal overall they had a there was a nine point change in jpi an increase in juy an increase of average of eight but there were bulls who went up and down you know there were in juy there's bulls that dropped five six points and bulls that went up 12 points and jpi there was bulls that dropped 20 points and bulls that went up 20 points it's It did quite a bit of re-ranking and creating bulls, again, that are just a lot more functional um, for the Jersey breed. My hat's off to them. Kevin, do you have comments? Because I know you're enthused about this thing as much, about this index as much as I am.
1: Yeah, I think, um, David, you kind of hit it really well. And from a breeder perspective, I think, Uh, the new changes to JPI just seem logical after you analyze uh, the males and females in the population, you know, more emphasis on production traits. Uh, They simplified it to be, you know, very straightforward. You know, there's actually a less total traits in the index, but the traits that are in there are very meaningful. Um, The emphasis on productive life, uh, DPR, cow conception rate, Along with fat and protein, putting a, a higher emphasis on the total of fat and protein, just really give it uh, more validity. And then when you talk about the JUI changes like that intermediate optimal trait of utter depth being plus 2.5, it's, it's something that's hard to think about, but makes a lot of sense, you know, because we want cows that have shallow udders, but we don't want them to have too shallow of an udder. Um, we want them to be productive, functional and be confirmation friendly. And I think, you know, as David said, there was a lot of thought that went into this. And, you know, when you kind of just step back and think about it from a real world dairy farmer perspective, uh, this is, this is a really job well done.
0: Thank you both for sharing your opinions on that. And I think that there is a lot to look forward to, um, with those changes and Kevin, what do these changes mean for ST Genetics Jersey sire lineup, in your opinion?
1: Well, I think it showcases, you know, where we are from a balanced breeding perspective. I think in the past, when we've been making mating decisions, or bringing in bulls from outside breeders, we've really focused on these traits. You know, we we had a little bit of a A downward trend with some of our bulls from the influence of gallantry getting some more daughter data, but we separate that out and away from the program. We now have a large number of bulls that are between, say, 160 and 180 for JPI, over 700 cheese merit, and over 17 for JUI. And I think our goal is always to breed or provide bulls that sire cows that are productive and functional. And, you know, I'll just say it this way. I think we've been always selecting for it. And now it's, it's time for that to showcase itself.
0: And Kevin, just to dive into this uh, breed a little bit more, do you want to start maybe sharing with us some of our JPI, more balanced sires um, that performed well after this proof run?
1: Yeah, sure, Laura. I mean, I kind of alluded to the fact that Gallantry took a little bit of a step backwards. You know, he added a a lot of daughter data and he kind of slid for uh, mostly productive life and and DPR. And that influenced some of his sons. Um, But that really influenced him more from a cheese merit perspective. And then a few of those sons, one in particular, Garland, kind of withheld the storm um, of, of gallantry and, you know, stayed at 178 for JPI and, you know, he's a high JUI bull and he's, he's almost, uh, and he's positive for DPR. So those, those trait combinations really, uh, favor him. We, we did have some really cool bulls come out, um, with really favorable results, uh, one of my most, I guess, kind of, I'll say, favorite bulls right now in looking at our total lineup is a bull date, uh, Henley. You know, Henley is a stony son that really just kind of does some unique things. He's actually one of only five bulls in the breed that's over 160 for uh, JPI, 750 for Cheese Merit, and 20 for JUI. Um, This is a, you know, a stony out of a jiggy out of a list well. And the one thing that I think is just really neat, and it goes back to the JUI formula, this is a bull that's exactly what the formula is designed to find. You know, strong four rudder attachment at plus 2.2, high rear rudder height at 1.5, positive rear rudder width but also um, that optimal point of shallow at plus 2.2 for shallow udders. And then all of those perfect uh, in the midpoint traits for teat length, uh, front teat placement, rear teat placement. This is a bull that really you know is going to separate himself out for us. And I think we're going to use more here as a sire father, uh, knowing how he kind of fits. Another bull that really kind of does well in this system is a bull named Sinclair. And Sinclair is just a great outcross bull. There's no chief. There's no got made. uh, There's no jiggy, gallantry, uh, listwell. Um, This is a bull as a spiral out of a Westport, out of a Fournette. And, you know, he comes in at 176 JPI. 17.3 17.3 for JUI, um, 136 CFP and 728 cheese merit. Um, a bull with really no holes, especially when you get to the linear, um, about as nice of a linear profile, you know, cause he's, he's actually got stature, strength, openness of rib. So those two bulls specifically stand out, you know, our stone B is our highest, uh, you know, combination of uh, JP. Well, he's our highest cheese merit bull, and and will lead lead our program in that way, um, being over 800 cheese merit. But we now have variety. I think is probably the the best uh, statement. You know, if you want bulls that are going to provide balanced breeder profiles with high JUI and JPI, we have those. If you're looking for the JPI rock stars, we have those. If you're looking for Extreme Cheese Merit, we have those. And then if you're looking for confirmation style show animals, we, we can provide that as well. So I think if anything, this proof run and then the changes to the formula have really showcased the fact that we we have that diverse lineup that isn't necessarily pigeonholed into one direction and can serve as breeders in in multiple directions.
0: All very good points, Kevin. And you just started to talk about our style Jersey bulls. Um, Do you want to maybe expand on that and tell us what we saw there?
1: Sure, sure. Um, Probably the bull to kind of talk about first uh, is uh, Ferdinand. Ferdinand is our our viral son that um, comes from the Fernleaf family over in Australia and uh, bred by Declan Patton. And uh, the first Ferdinand daughters, uh, you know, have calved and he's successful. You know, he was a bull that technically didn't convert very well from Australia to the U.S. uh, formula previously. But by adding daughter data and the, the changes to JUI, this is a bull that's now over 16 for JUI with, with the classified daughters. Um, and we saw uh, yesterday here, the or a couple days ago, the nominations for Jersey All-American come out. And I believe there were two Ferdinands that were nominated All-American in, in milking form. So that's a bull that's um, going to continue to, um, you know, Add a little steam here, and, and the daughters are great. I mean, they're open ribbed. They have a little bit more total frame uh, than than some other uh, sires. Maybe a little bit more volume to the udder, but lots of um, great veination to the udder, um, and really strong four udder attachments. Um, uh, Frank uh, continues to add daughters. Um, and and looks incredible as well. you know I think he's over 18 for JuI um, high type um, add a little bit on production and we've seen the daughters you know numerous daughters classifying 88 89 points here in the Jersey breed. And then you know when we're talking about our young bulls uh, Canadian Club is probably as hot as anything in the Jersey breed right now um you know the the vip uh son of um chocolate chip and um man i i love the calves um i'm a little biased on a couple of the calves but they they are doing well and he had his first uh nominations in the all american contest as well so we could go on and on about three or four more bulls from that program but uh, I think we have that diversity um, in that style uh, portion of our, our Jersey program and, and um, breeders are voting by using the semen and, and having great success with those daughters. And we want to keep seeing that happen. And you
0: know, if you have
1: success out there with um, you know, ST style program in the jerseys, please share it with us.
0: Yes, definitely. We always appreciate seeing those results and sharing those, um, you know, across the globe. And just to wrap up this discussion on our Jersey um, lineup, Kevin, we do have a few new sires being released following this proof run. Can you tell us about them?
1: Yeah, yeah, we did add um, two uh, pretty exciting new bulls that actually rank uh, as our number one and number two. Uh, JPI bulls. Uh, The first one is, is world classic. Um, He, he's a sugar, sugar daddy out of a a thrasher, out of a zinc. And this is a pretty neat bull because, you know, as we've always talked in the Jersey world, uh, fertility and daughter pregnancy rate are important. And, you know, here's a bull that's 723 Cheesemere at 179 on JPI. Uh, minus 0.8 for DPR, which sounds always oh, minus, but man, if you're above minus one in, in the Jersey world on some of these elite top production bulls, um, you're doing incredibly well. And this bull comes in at over 1,500 pounds of milk, positive for both percent fat and protein and 152 CFP. So pretty neat bull, um, a bull that we're using as a sire father in our program you know, are are really gonna see uh, his impact, especially with the changes to the formula. And then um, our win bull um, is a stony out of a jiggy, and this is this is a pretty interesting bull because he's one seventy eight for JPI, but man, he's seven point two for productive life. And uh, you know, if we're talking about survivability and and uh, functionality. Uh, this is kind of that bull that can do it because seven on productive life and 148 juI um, and over 100 CFP um, I think he's a bull that's gonna really have a, a big impact uh, not only in our program but you know with customers uh, around the world because he's fits a lot of those criteria production and then health and fitness so, Those are two exciting, uh, new bulls that are, that are in our program. And then of course on the, the style program, um, we've already released him, but, um, the bull cranks, uh, cranks my tractor. Who's the nuance out of chocolate chip. That bull actually looks really nice with the new changes to JUI, especially adding rear rudder width. Um, he comes in now over 15 for JUI and, um, With the production traits coming in from nuance, uh, this bull is going to get used even more than what he already is. Uh, Looks really nice and, and he makes logical sense. And I think that's more important when we're talking about that style component. So different directions, but three pretty exciting new bulls to have as part of our program.
0: Definitely. And they just add a lot more diversity and opportunity to the sire lineup. Now to switch gears to our next breed, David, were there any changes in the brown Swiss world?
2: Yeah, Laura, there were. And to be honest, we may not understand the full impact of them until April. Domestically, we had a change um, in imputation. It's something that we go through periodically every three, four years. And that normally has a somewhat of an impact, but what in the brown Swiss breed, Uh, We had some major things happen overseas that may have had an impact. One of them was the way that the international community shared cow records and EBVs and sending only records on animals, cows that did not have genomics behind them. And and that's something that there's a lot of concern about. Another big piece was that the French went to a a single step, which they're the which also we're not quite sure what the full impact was. And so there was some jiggling going on in numbers this time with brown Swiss, which sometimes are always, I mean, there are always the time. But I'm kind of a little bit baffled because it it appears that bulls that maybe have a little bit more French influence in them held up significantly better than anything else. And I'm not sure. there's some really good French bulls, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm just kind of concerned about, you know, if it was sort of an artifact of all these other changes. And again, we should have a better idea about that come April time.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that with us, David. And within this brown Swiss breed, we do have three really exciting new sires. Could you share with us about these three and maybe we'll just start with Kingpin?
2: Sure. Um, Kingpin is by Pactoli out of Kelly Chittenden's tremendous cow family. Um, it's just changing the, the brown Swiss breed when it comes to production uh, with, with good type and good management traits. Kingpin is 1300 pounds of milk, 100, over hundred pounds of combined fat and protein, low somatic cell count, high productive life, high livability, plus DPR. With really balanced daughters, there are no holes on this bull, none. You know, you, you put these kind of really the complete package. Um, we're very excited to have him in our lineup and look forward to him sort of being the the next superstar uh, on the production side for us.
0: And Kevin, we also have Tesla and Superstar as two new sires. What about these um, these bulls intrigue you?
1: Yeah, I think they're pretty neat. A Tesla comes in to be kind of what you would just call the breeder satisfaction, balanced um, bull. Bull that we've been kind of highly anticipating for a little bit here to get in here and make semen. And uh, hails from, you know, the hilltop acres, the, the Mashix, and, you know, comes out of their, their amazing T family, Twinkle and Tricks. Uh, back in the pedigree. So you have a John Mar out of the majesty, out of the, um, the great Cadence daughter. And, you know, this bull, John Mar got a daughter proof and maybe slid some, but I think at the end of the day, we're vested as a breed into John Mar, And, uh, you know, you're going to see uh, sons and daughters still excel. And uh, Tesla for us is that exact balance bull, you know, uh, 1,400 pounds of milk. He's still over 545 net merit, 165 uh, PPR, you know, 100 CFP, uh, good productive life. And then when you get to the type traits, that's where this bull will will shine, you know, 0.7 for type, 0.69 for utter composite. You know, just an incredibly overall balanced bull that when you really look at his linear and you think about the type of animals that he can sire, I think you're going to be really, really pleased um, with, with him. And then we, we added a bull from the Super Brown program in Europe, um, the Superstar Bull. This is an interesting bull. You know, when we talk about uh, Brown Swiss genetics, in in europe and switzerland and italy and and a variety of our european countries the thing that really impresses me is the uniqueness of cow families and uh, sire stacks bloodlines that are very different from u.s genetics yet when you go see these cows in person you're you're flat out blown away And um, so we've been searching for a few bulls to bring into the program that we really feel are going to not necessarily set the world on fire as far as making the highest PPR uh, or net merit offspring, but are going to make daughters that may hit the show ring, may more make those cows that at the end of the day, we're all wishing we had more of. And um, this uh, superstar bull is a blooming son. And when you really look at this bull, he does some things on a linear perspective uh, that we don't have a lot of uh, here in our U.S. genetics. Uh, Extreme stature uh, with openness of rib and incredible udders. Um, Bull that's plus 1.22 for udder composite, uh, almost 2 for 4 udder attachment. And then when you look at each of his linear traits for utter traits, this this bull can can sire, um, you know, Madison type udders. and um, that's kind of the reason we brought this bull in to be a complement uh, to not only our program, uh, but I think as a bull that's going to work on uh, famous and foremost daughters, he's going to work on Cadence, he's going to work um, on a variety of. Uh, uh, different bloodlines that are here in the US and probably amplify them uh, to another level. So, uh, you know, from Kingpin being more of the PPR net merit specialist uh, to Tesla being the breeder balance bull, and then um, Superstar here being kind of that outcross hidden gem. Uh, bringing in some international flavor. I think we're, we're trying to diversify what we can do uh, with the new offerings that we bring into the Brown-Swiss program.
0: Yes, three great bulls to add to our Brown-Swiss portfolio that I think will complement many of our Brown-Swiss breeders' genetic programs for sure. And David, on the Ayrshire side of things, ST Genetics also released a new bull, and his name is Mollus. What are your thoughts on this new sire?
2: Honestly, kind of really excited about him. Nicholas Caron up um, in ST Canada was first two way person who went out and found this bull. He's a higher Ayrshire bull, percentage Ayrshire oh. blood. I think if you look at his linears, he has a potential to actually give you a the tall, sharp, uphill run animal, but still has the ability to create um, a sound functional animal at the same time. Show style with great udders and milk. 893 pounds of milk and 27 pounds of fat and 23 pounds of protein out of a high air percentage pedigree. This is something that's really cool and really exciting. And I hope that you know people take the opportunity to jump on it and use this bull and get some calves on the ground and show them off because I think Molus is going to be a bull of significance for us.
0: Great. Thank you for sharing about him with us, David. And along with these purebred bulls, we do have some new bulls released within our stamina program. But before we dive into that, Kevin, could you share what we are now seeing in this lineup of Stamina Daughters? I know that now we do have a few that are just calving in, which is an exciting um, feat for this program.
1: Yeah, I I think this is, uh, you know, and just kind of talk a little bit about Stamina as a whole, um, because I know this is always kind of, uh, I don't want to know if it's a hot topic, but it's it's controversial to some degree. And I think... uh, Anybody who is doing crossbreeding needs to think about crossbreeding as a plan and a strategy as opposed to something that's random. And um, the stamina program is completely designed around this premise that we're right in the middle between a Holstein and a Jersey. We're not we're not trying to create two-thirds Holsteins or two-thirds Jerseys. We're not really even trying to convince Holstein breeders to breed to Jersey or Jersey breeders to breed to Holstein. We're trying to maximize those folks and that population that have dabbled with, have done crossbreeding, and now want to do it right. And I think that's really our, our goal. All of the offspring that we currently have um from these stamina bulls when we genomic test them which a large percentage of them are genomic tested uh, when we do get their bbrs back they fall within that you know 55 to 45 percent one-way jersey or holstein so they're basically 50 percent of each breed and it's all intentional from the mating sires that are chosen uh, to the matings that are made on the farms. And the one thing you asked, and I, and is probably the most important thing uh, to the breeders who want to have these in their milking herd, is these daughters that are calving in are incredibly uniform. We're talking about, you know, medium sized uh, cattle that are. Probably in that, you know, 900 to 1,000 pounds at at calving um, that are pretty much jet black and have incredible high, wide rear udders with that balance of dariness and strength. Um, The thing that's really impressed me the most, whether it be the the first lactation daughters sired by Stamina Bulls or the heifers in the pens. Um, is that uniformity, Um, you know, whether a bull is a first-generation, or a heifer is a first-generation F1, or a second-generation collar in F2, um, that's an F1 times an F1, you can't tell the difference, and uh, some of that, you know, there's a lot of uh, genetic teaching that is done in the, in our world, that says F1 times F1 will not work, And the reason uh, scientific journals and and papers state that it doesn't work is because it assumes a random model. Um, It does not assume selection intensity and it does not assume selection accuracy with genomics. We've brought both of those um, uh, components uh, to the table with Stamina. And we're seeing that that variation or that randomized variation is decreased significantly when you add that element of selection intensity towards trait profiles and BBR and selection accuracy using genomic tools. So it's really neat to see where we are currently in this program and, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing uh, these more of the daughter's calve from the, some of the staminables in the program and, and adding to the, the data mix of, of having progeny uh, results along with the genomics.
0: And can you maybe share with us the new bulls that were released within this program after this proof run?
1: Yeah, I mean, probably the most important bull, and I'll I'll just mention one because I think he represents the the entire direction that we're shooting for. Um, A bull, uh, his name is called Yuri Velka, and he's actually an F2. Um, This is an F1 uh, times an F1. Uh, bull that's uh, brought into the program Um, you know the whole premise of him is to um, he's actually 49% Holstein and 51% jersey and you know that's the type of uh, bull that you want to have and he comes in at 836 cheese merit um, well over a ton of milk on that uh, crossbred evaluation jersey base uh, just because they say Jersey base doesn't mean it's necessarily a Jersey reference population. It just means it's a uh, uh, using that Jersey uh, base, but it's still part of the crossbred um, evaluation. And then this bull is one hundred and sixty uh, pounds of combined fat and protein, um, and he's sired by one of our early uh, stamina bulls uh, named Breakthrough and then was out of uh, an F1 dam that ranked incredibly high uh, genomically in the population and is, is now fresh in her, her uh, second lactation. So that's, that's the concept. And um, so Yuri kind of fits that model incredibly well.
0: Thank you for sharing that all with us, Kevin. And just to wrap up this uh, podcast taping today, looking to the future, what are you most excited for as ST Genetics continues to serve dairy producers worldwide? David, we'll start with you.
2: I think belief in genetic diversity is the first thing. We, we have a dedication to making sure that we work with all dairy breeds that we can. I mean, an interesting one that one just started is we have angler embryos. We have angler pregnancies now at Ohio. When it comes to cutting edge and coming to look for genetic diversity, that's something that we're very much aware of and and something that we focus on. On the other hand is using the technology and leveraging the technology where we've talked about in the past where we have the Phoenix program where we're working with embryos in the lab that instead of putting them in recipients, we can grow them in the lab and we can then decide which animals we want to create which allows us to increase selection intensity. And we do have jerseys in production from that program. And, and that's an exciting application that allows us to increase selection intensity within the breed. And the last thing I think, Lori, is that gets me excited is just the people that I work with, that I'm honored and blessed to work with. You know, there's a, a dedication and belief within the ST team in the future of the dairy industry And what we offer as a technology company that supplies genetics. You know, I love calling up Kevin. I call him the professor (laughs) Um, and work well with him. I love visiting with you. There's just so many great people in this organization that have the same faith and have the same belief. And that makes it extremely exciting. Um, You don't know what, what the future is going to hold, but that makes it to me, very bright and something that I want to run into. I don't want to walk into. I want to run into the future with St.
0: Thank you, David, for sharing that. Um, and I think we can all agree with the points that you um, that you shared with us. And Kevin, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, David probably covered it, in you know, super well. And he's absolutely right. I, I think. Um, one of the things, whether it's our Holstein program, which which had an amazing proof run, mm-hmm. or what we're doing with color breeds or or some of the unique breeds, we're very humble. Success fuels success, but you always have to remember that we're doing this for our customers and we're serving those customers. So that service mentality becomes um, primary in in how we approach things, and um, we are a genetics and technology company. That if you actually take the three to ten people that are, you know, both in the U.S. and globally that are very focused in the development of our genetic program, everybody on that team is very cow family oriented, um, meaning we want phenotype data. Uh, We need to have classification scores on our daughters. We need classification scores on our dams of our sires. We need uh, phenotypic records to validate and um, continue the awareness of what's working and what's not in the industry. So I think there is an incredible passion within our company to utilize technology, utilize genomics, utilize generation interval advancement, and genetic progress, but also be incredibly practical. Um, when you remove those two elements, like the art of breeding and technology, and you separate them, uh, you fail. Um, I think it's really one of the things that I think is great about STR team and our future is that we're always aware that you need those two elements to work hand in hand. And you need, as David said, the people um, that are going to drive that uh, genetic progress while staying, um, you know, relevant um, with what's going on in the industry, listen to our customers, looking at um, pedigrees and and bloodlines and and making sure it makes sense. Um, When we do that, and we still keep our customer as a focal point. Um, we're going to do nothing but but continue to make the right right steps. And and we're aware that we'll we'll fail just as many times as we succeed. And it's learning from mistakes and and driving the whole uh, program forward through that direction. So we just hope we continue to earn the respect of our customers to continue to do that for them.
0: Definitely. And just a very bright future ahead for um, not only just the color breed uh, portion of ST genetics that we talked about today, but for the company and for our um, customers as a whole. But I just want to thank you both for joining us today and giving us the insight uh, you had into the December proof run. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Laura. Yeah, thanks.
0: This was another episode of ST Talks. If you liked what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or X. And from all of us at ST Genetics, we hope you have a great day.